This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are coming in hot. There's stuff going on. There's conversations. We've been doing planning, and it is time for two cool car debates, a lot of your great questions, and yeah, we're just we're diving right in. Podcast episode 775 is coming. That will be a live stream on our Test Drive channel. So this is 772, so mm-hmm. just in three more episodes, 775, yep. so watch for that. That'll be a Monday night. This will be interesting. That'll be a Monday night live stream recording on our Test Drive channel. That is... The night before Valentine's Day. <laughs> so hopefully you're celebrating Valentine's Day on a weekend, but I'm just letting you right, know right. that's not something to lead with with your significant other. Honey, I know it's the eve of Valentine's, but I'm going to watch these guys. But we are going to be on with live stream. It's going to be fun. There was a new concept revealed from Nissan, mm-hmm. and I like to touch on concepts that come out because generally speaking, ones like this set the direction for the tone for the future of a company. And Nissan has not really done anything notable and new for a while. For an example, they've put that flying V on the front of the GTR. They've kind of yeah. limped along with styling themes for a while. They haven't really settled on a new corporate look, something that is truly mm-hmm. Nissan and truly them. But this max out concept has been revealed. So you can find it pretty much anywhere. It's yeah. a distinctively styled body with long flowing lines and gentle curves with a minimalist windshield and an aluminum rear panel that mimics the front. Well, hopefully the front should mimic the rear on any car. That's what good design is all about. Ideally, they are connected in some way, shape, or form. Yes, people, those people have talked. You're doing the back half. I'm doing the front. Exactly. Hi, I should meet you. But this is Nissan's future vision of zero emission mobility. Okay, And the wheels look like wormholes, like black holes. They do, yes. You can instantly tell that this was styled from a side elevation. Mm. And that was confirmed by the theme sketch that I found. I'm not sure quite who sketched that. It was very loose. It was gestural at best. Okay. There were some lines and themes, but the execution of that has revealed itself to be a, an almost exact copycat of a Bertone concept <laughs> car from 1980, the Lamborghini Aton or Athon. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce the uh, the word. Athon is a suffix, uh-huh. is like Marathon. Sure. So A-T-H-O-N, okay. but according to an article by Design you, you Trust from 2021 at the 58th Torino Motor Show held in April 1980, Bertone introduced this new concept. And the name of the car, Aton or Athon, was about the Egyptian cult of the sun, which was appropriate as the car was a spider, completely devoid of a top, intended as a fair-weather car. I have literally just Googled this as we're talking, and wow, they are similar. (laughs) (laughs) They're a little too similar. Yeah, they are. Now, this was created under the direction of Frenchman Marc Deschamps following the departure of Marcello Gandini at the end of 1979. Mm -hmm. Then it seemed rather striking and very Bertone-like. Yeah. It does look very Bertone, for sure. That means this new direction from Nissan really does feel kind of like the 1970s are back. Or, I guess, <laughs> well, the beginning of the it's, 80s. It's the Tron era. It, it, the whole thing feels yeah. very Tron. It, it, it really does. does, yeah. And I understand they're showcasing just as much as styling. They're showcasing future technology, too. 
And I do like that Nissan is not ignoring enthusiasts because that's what this car is sort of intended sure. towards. It's yeah, really yeah. just a two-seater and mm-hmm. it's still all about driving. But this does not really appear to be anything more than a cruiser, a top-down kind true. of cruiser true, rather true. than a hardcore sports car. Well, and, as, a, as a concept, it could go anywhere from here. Well, sure. And some of the surfaces are actually quite nice, but as an overall shape, it's sort of like the car was extruded from a side elevation. Mm. There's no real... Plan view from looking directly down. The straight down down view is the plan view. Yeah, yeah. There's really, beyond that, it's not very creative. I don't find it to be particularly intriguing. So you're a fan. Actually kind of looks like a (laughs) bad movie prop from some sort of weird sci-fi movie in the 1970s. Tron. That's what I'm saying to you. Yeah. What was that under? Was it Ender's Game or something like that? Was it like... That's been done a couple times, but... but, Precursor to that? Yeah, Tron is the big one. I I suppose Tron, but a a little bit of Tron. The lighting is very Tron. uh, The the whole, the blue and the green and the... Yeah, I, I see it. I do. I, okay, you're inspired by that. Fine. Do we need to do something that actually looked like it could have appeared in that movie? Mm-hmm. No, we do not. And as a future concept, I don't feel like this is very fresh. So interesting. Okay, Nissan, I'm calling you out. We need you to are. try better. Do better. Try harder. Okay. I'm not convinced. This is a concept. It's very loose and gestural. Yeah. You could pull out a, a number of different things out of this and say, well, this is going to be the theme. But a, a rectangular theme, front and rear, trying to squeeze that onto surfaces that where it really doesn't belong, mm. they're in contrast to each other. They're fighting each other and not in a good way. Sometimes mm. competing themes actually kind of end up being harmonious. Yeah. Opposites attract. Not in this case. <laughs> I told you we were coming in hot, everybody. <laughs> Paul is not a fan. On it, on it about design. Today we do have one shirt ha- actually happening on Blip Shift right now, a Blip Shift shirt. So if you go to blipshift.com, partner stores, or everydaydriver.com, you can go to our store tab and get there. Right now they're doing the Daydreamer shirt with the Daytona track on it, so that's available. We have more shirts coming, so that is happening a lot. Speaking of things coming, I'm just putting you on notice. In the coming weeks, not like months, coming weeks, throughout February, we're going to be releasing the registration for our different adventures during the year. Pilgrimage will probably be out first. Pilgrimage will have a fairly short window because that actual trip to Germany and Belgium is happening at the beginning of June of this year. So there there are about 10 spots available right now, and we're going to put that up on its feet in the next couple weeks, so be prepared for that. To follow that will be the Utah Adventure, which is late June, and the Rocky Mountain Adventure, which is going to be September. All of those registrations are going to get up on their feet very soon, so be ready for that. We may even be talking about it as soon as our live podcast in a couple weeks. Mm, That's how soon they're coming, so be ready. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. At some point, you're going to want to change things on your car, and instead of just thinking about go-fast parts, what about stop-fast parts? Brakes are an essential part of your vehicle's maintenance, but why not just upgrade? You can improve your vehicle into a stopping powerhouse with the Power Stop Brake Upgrade Kit. It includes carbon ceramic brake pads, drilled and slotted rotors, and all the stainless steel hardware you need to complete your upgrade. It's all the little fiddly parts that I always lose. They're included too. Power Stop is on a mission to provide complete and affordable brake upgrade kits for every vehicle on the road today. Whether you're towing, whether you're doing off-roading, track days, including brand new vehicles like our Toyota GR86. Take care of your brakes by heading to PowerStop.com. 
You can enter your vehicle's information in their easy-to-use brake finder, and that matches you with the right brake upgrade kit for your vehicle. Our first debate comes from Tom G. in northern Alabama, who is a hardcore Honda fan. I've counted at least 10 Hondas, Uh Preludes, Civics, and Accords, in his car history that he graciously sent us. He sent us a, a history that is very clear you are a Honda guy. You started as a Honda guy. What I find most interesting about this email is I started reading it with one major expectation that got foiled. And that was, I was okay. reading along expecting to hear about all the Hondas in your garage currently. Mm-hmm. And there are none. It's kind of weird. Now, He's a the, huge your, Honda your fan. Your car history is littered with Hondas. Owns none Overwhelmingly of them. Hondas. However, currently no Hondas at all. Tom has a very understanding minister of finance who usually tells him to go get whatever it is that he wants. Okay. Wow. He thinks that she gets tired of hearing him talk about cars and thinks that will shut him up. (laughs) Not a chance. Your your wife is not alone. We have heard heard many people that are just like, you know what? Maybe if I let him go get it, then he'll he'll stop talking about it. No, he won't. He did have an instance where he went to work in a 2014 Accord and came home in a 2015 WRX. I so want to be a fly on the wall that night. I really (laughs) do. She thought that he was joking since she had no idea, idea he was even looking at cars and he bought the Accord brand new just three months prior. So swapped it out after three months. I love Hondas and love Accords. That's gone. Honey, my, my, my husband, this is, this is the backstory. My husband left for work this morning in one car and came home in a different car. <laughs> he bought something while at work today. Well, that did mean that from then on, he would have to promise that he would discuss car purchases with her from there on out. <laughs> but there was no fight, no grudges held. Okay, all right. So, good news. But since Ford announced the Mustang Mach 1, he's wanted one. Okay. The renewal of the Mach 1. Yeah, the one that we drove a year or so ago against the Beaver Teefed M4. And I have to say, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, it's on our main channel. It's on Amazon because it was a TV episode. We liked it quite a bit. And we had the auto. Yeah. And we we knew that the the manual would have been even better. Yeah. He got the manual. He told his MOF that all he wanted for his 40th birthday was for her to drop him off at the Ford dealer so he could pick out his Mustang to drive home. (laughs) So in May of 2021, he flew from his home airport in Huntsville, Alabama to Missouri, picked up a brand new 2022 Mach 1 with manual. Good for you. Drove it six plus hours back home, mostly back roads. And he said that was one of the best, most absolute best car experiences he's ever had. That's fantastic. I love that. I love that you didn't buy it and drive it home and be like, oh man, what was that like? It was it was high point the entire time. He's That's in, great. He's in love with his car and he looks forward to firing up that coyote every morning for his commute. He only works about 20 miles away, but somehow he's managed to put 13,000 miles on his Mach 1 in eight months of ownership. Good for you. He makes excuses to drive it. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anywhere, all the time. He's also got two kids, and they technically do fit in the Mustang, but it's not ideal. Mm-hmm. His 11-year-old son will happily contort himself into the back seat, but his 7-year-old daughter, he says she's still in a booster seat and would rather take the wife's bus, mm-hmm. which is a 2020 Ford Expedition. We started this fantastic email from our friend Tom talking about the hardcore Honda fan he is, sending us his list of cars, which is mostly yes. overwhelmingly Honda. And currently in the garage, for those of you following along, we have two, count them, two Ford products. He's been thinking about adding a third vehicle to the garage. Okay. You've got two cars that you love. Mm-hmm. Your MOF loves the Expo. Yep. You love the Mach 1. Yep. Things are sorted. Uh, except they're <laughs> you'd not. Think, you'd think. And yet. Uh-huh. He is sure that if he buys something that's not interesting enough, he'll still reach for his Mustang keys every trip. 
but he wants something that he can fit the kids in comfortably for the days that he's the chauffeur. Sure. But get this, his wife will not drive the Mustang. She doesn't like manuals. She okay. doesn't want to drive it. And being in a lower car, ride height-wise, makes her anxious and is no fun for her. Okay. If he takes the kids in the expo, she is stuck. All right. So here's the criteria. It needs to be interesting, fun, and different than a Mustang. Okay. It must be an automatic, so both of them can enjoy driving it. Spacious enough. He's six foot two, two two twenty five pounds. He's open to any brands. He's open to cars, trucks, SUVs, CUVs, and he'll go all the way up to thirty grand just for me. Notice that, yeah. The top contender right now is a used Jeep Wrangler. That's is, another curveball, which is a crazy excellent choice, and also not a Honda. And I, not I a like Honda. To note that anyway. Yeah. His wife has thought about trading in her Expo for a Wrangler or a Bronco, but this will never happen because she loves her Expo, and okay. it's the perfect family road trip vehicle. I they, see that. They like yeah. to travel. So they both like to enjoy a Wrangler, but for different reasons. He would like to do mild off-roading, and they in, in both enjoy having the top pulled off spring through fall in northern Alabama. Sure. But he does say a truck could be nice. They've got an old boat to tow, but they've got the Expo. Sure. He's looked at the Elantra N. He says, maybe with the DCT? But then he's afraid he's still just choose the Mustang. Hmm. I think you're right. You would. So he, his thoughts drift to a BMW or Mercedes or some sort of luxurious sporty ride. But he wants to do off-roading, the, the mild off-roading, not hardcore rock crawling. He yeah, wants yeah. to just kind of yeah, yeah. bomb around and just, hey, I wonder where that road goes to. Let's go see, kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that. So he sends us his list of car history, which mm-hmm. include th- at least three preludes, uh, two Jeep Wranglers already that they've owned. Mm-hmm. Two, three, two. Uh, Corollas and F-150s and the Subaru WRX. Civic, Civic, home. Accord, Civic, Accord. Oh, the Accord, list going. Wow. Civic, Accord, Accord. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm skipping over others, but you have to understand there's a ton of Hondas on here. I, the list is without question. Not only is it 22 cars long, but it's more than half Honda product. Tom, it sounds like ride height is going to be where the compromise comes in. My mind went all over the place. Mm-hmm. I am scattered on this one. I take your point. You want... The Mustang, because you love driving it, and it's excellent for what you want it for, and and you love it. Great. But whatever car we add has to be interesting enough that if you say, family, let's go get ice cream, Mm. the car you choose will be this third car. Because Mm, you just want to go, let's just go get ice cream. Let's just go to the store. We got a quick errand to run somewhere. Or, you know what, we just want to get out and just go for a quick drive. That has to be this car. Interesting. Okay. All right. Because you already have the other two. Your life is sorted. Sure. But because you have the car disease, it isn't. <laughs> Never sorted. It's Never, also, ever. It's got to be a car that could come into your life and leave your life easily. I agree with that. Because both of those other cars aren't going anywhere. And that True. would be a tough True. sell yeah. to try to break up that happy garage. Yeah. So this has to be able to come in, enjoy it, and maybe it goes out. Maybe it stays a while, but maybe mm. it goes out quickly mm. too. We don't know. I mean... I start, I like your Wrangler. Wrangler is pretty excellent because, yeah, you can do everything. And you can get an auto and kids can be in the back, take the doors off, take the top off, sunshine, great. Go for sure, just a sure. family quick outing, whatever that is. Awesome. Go to dinner. Yeah. Yeah, go go out for pizza. Yeah. Don't go to a nice dinner after driving the Wrangler with the top off. Oh, yeah. Go somewhere like pizza or burgers. Exactly. (laughs) Somewhere you're also sitting outside because you're going to be just, everybody's going to be hair frazzled. But that's fine (laughs) if you're sitting outside having a burger. It's not as good if, like, they've got the dinner music. That that place is not where you end up. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. That is my top choice. But I also thought about the Bronco that you suggested. Keeping it all Ford, 
The 2021 Ford Bronco base two-door is $30,000 with mm. 6,000 miles in Enumclaw, Washington. Problem is it's manual, but that does tell me that you could go get a two-door Bronco, sure. a new one, sure. 2021 or newer, mm. for about thirty grand. Base, it's all you need. This mm. is not going to be a go-to vehicle for anything. It's just the fun. Just Let's just take the Bronco and just go bomb around somewhere. Okay. All right. You could get a, a Bronco as well, but like the early 70s Ford Bronco. See, but that actually might be worth more than the new one. <laughs> they would. That's the problem. Yeah. Because then I went off the deep end thinking about Toyota FJ40s. Problem is, most of those are not automatics, mm. and they're actually significantly more than thirty grand for decent ones. Well, and the FJ Cruisers have spiked as well. FJ Cruisers have Land Rover Defender 90s. Oh, man. No, you, no, no way. Multiples of your thirty grand. So then things got really weird, Tom. Uh-oh. I actually looked around for Lada Nevas. What? I, I actually looked at them and decided that's probably not for Tom, as quirky and fun a conversation starter <laughs> as that is. I love the places we go with this Import podcast. an old Soviet-era Lada. Sure. Why not? Well, then I thought, okay, beach, and you like a little bit of off-roading. How about a Myers-Manx? No, it's not for, not for the family and not an automatic... How about a Fiat Jolly? That's a conversation piece. It is. Yeah, it's not it's much not more than work. that, but yeah. But then you want to do some off-roading, so how about an old Suzuki Samurai? Well, nice ones are hard to find, and eh, I don't know. I mean, what I really want is a Subaru Brat, but that only takes two people. But unless you get the jump seats. <laughs> it has the jet fighter jump seats in the back. Kids how, would love those. How about a Brat? The cops wouldn't, and neither would your wife, but the kids would love they them. They would freaking love that. They do have seat belts. But anyway. They do. I'm just saying. <laughs> Subaru Brat is on my list as okay. a weird outlier consideration because you put the kids in the back with the jump seats and That's you get a really nice one. They're like 90 funny. horsepower. Yeah. But they do actually come in automatic. That's so terribly funny. You could get a brat. Okay. I mean, what kid doesn't love climbing over the side of a pickup and jumping in and going somewhere? <laughs> this is it, like the, the minimal level. It's not a big pickup. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's got that feeling. And then you're just cruising around town. You're not going on a road trip. It's just, let's take the brat. That's funny. A nice brat. Okay. It doesn't have to be a $30,000 brat, <laughs> but a nice-ish brat. It can't be just a rusted heap. It's got to be something, you know, with We don't want the kids having to get back. tetanus shots to get in the back. That's true. You don't but want that. But we do want the brat. I get where you're going. I, the Isuzu Via Cross drove itself through my mind. Did it? Wow. It that just, may be a first. It, it cruised around in my brain. Because I'm the only one that ever brings that to the party. I know. You, I, that, you actually did. That's crazy. God. And then a Mitsubishi Delica cruised around in my brain, too. Like... That Wouldn't would be very different. You guys would be like the laughing stock in a good way of your neighborhood, and people would want rides. You'd make friends. All your kids' That's friends funny. would want a ride. Just something fun. And like I said, it's got to be interesting, different. It could come in and go right back out. Mm. Or maybe it's so fun and weird and quirky that it stays for a little while. Yeah. So then I landed on a 1994 Mercedes-Benz G320 for $34,000, only 105,000 oh. miles, because those things are really are not going down in value anymore. Okay. They've kind of hit the bottom of the trough, in my opinion. Even the non-luxified, and that's what this one is. It's just, it's the 320. It's mm -hmm. just a G-Wagon. It's like the Mercedes Jeep. You can bang around in it, beat it up. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Muddy, snowy, doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's a little bit on the expensive side. Thirty-four grand for those things. But yeah, again, that yeah. tells me those things aren't going down in value. You could sure. have it for a little while and probably sell what you bought it for. Yeah, fair point. So you've got options. Again, Wrangler takes the cake, right? <laughs> okay. But what if? 
what if you considered a brat? What if? Like, and you had it for a year. <laughs> Tom, this is a riot. Your the kids are. I, I like the kids in the jump seats. That's that's I mean, a that's new. That's kind of fun. fun. That and is you, new fun. You go to pizza. You go get ice cream. You go do yeah. weird, funny things. You go to birthday parties. You drop your kids off in this thing. You whatever. It's very funny, Tom. I, I'm going to give a slight counterpoint on the Wrangler. And I could be wrong because I see why the Wrangler interests you. And I see all of Paul's points. You could get one. It would work. It would be a great alt that you and your wife would both like to drive. There's enough space for the kids. I understand all of that. Based on your list, you haven't had a Wrangler since a good distance before you had kids. And True. now you have kids and, you have, and, and you're thinking about getting another Wrangler. And the Wrangler has gotten nicer. But I feel like to a person, and follow me here, every adult, like, Adult, I have kids and a life and a commute, and uh, my, my, I've got all of the mm-hmm. stuff that fills my life. Every adult I know that went, I'm going to get a Wrangler and commute in that, didn't like that decision after like six months. <laughs> right? They were like, right. this is a terrible commute car. And they had visions of all of the off-roading they were going to do, and they really didn't. And they didn't <laughs> want to commute in it, and they didn't off-road it much, and they went, huh. It's like I Peloton. have a Wrangler. Yes. Peloton makes those really nice clothes racks. <laughs> Nice. I'm totally going to use this pelt. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Here's my question. Can the, can the on-screen uh, trainer go, oh, that's a nice shirt. When you hang it on, can they say, oh, wait, side, side can note. they call you out? Yeah. But, uh, so that's what I'm wondering about the Wrangler. Now, if you, and it's only you and your wife can decide, if you and your wife are people that would drive that Wrangler regular, regularly, if you know what you're in for, and you're like, yeah, I'd absolutely commute in it. Okay, great. I mean, it he's, could he's work. He's got the Mustang to commute. He's I got, know, you but, know, but he's, no he, you're really trying to find a legit alt. And I'm really wondering, are you going to off-road or do you think you're going to off-road? Are you and your wife both going to enjoy that Wrangler or is that in a season behind you? And it's okay if it is, but it's been a little while. So I'm really, I'm wondering if it's, mm. it's going to be as great as you think it is. I do see why it checks the boxes for you. I have Honda products to bring up. Oh, you do? Because you don't have a Honda in the garage. That's true. And the first thing I thought of, when you're talking about wanting to have something fun that you and your wife can both drive, that is a great alt to the Mustang and different than the things you have and fits the kids really well, I was like, you need to get a brand new Honda Civic Sport. The brand new one. Sure. It's it's not very expensive, but it is brand new tech. It is a very viable car. The chassis is excellent. This is not an enthusiast car, but you brought up the Elantra N, which is at the upper end of your budget. This is more settled into your budget. It does everything you need it to do, and it's a Honda product. But then I thought, hmm, your wife doesn't necessarily want car-sized. Yeah, I kept thinking about that. I kept thinking about off-roading and ride height. So then I went here. You need, you may be the perfect person for a year or two old Honda Passport. Really? Five seat. Really? Slight off-road intention. Because what, what are you telling me? You're telling me fire roads. That's what you're really telling me. You're telling me you're going to do fire roads. Your Honda Passport's fine. And every other time you drive it, you'll be happier in it than the Wrangler. Now, you can't take all the body panels off. I get that. True. But if you can, you'll be the first. It's a very different. <laughs> taking the doors off the passport is a decision that you made. I am taking the doors off, honey. Yeah. So the the passport is is a thought, but that actually made me think about the blending of those two. The passport thinking and the Civic that I'd like you in is actually we just drove one. The HRV. Okay. Oh, those yeah. are surprisingly affordable. They are. They're twenty nine thousand. You're a Honda fan. They drive close to the Civic in size, but they have a lot of back seat space, and it does everything you want to do. So I think that's an option as well. 
And then all of this led me to my wild card, okay. which I actually think is my favorite. The only thing you lose is the body panels that come off like the Wrangler, but I actually think it's my favorite, and it made me laugh. Uh-oh. Because here you are with a two Ford garage, and I think the wild card for you, a little bit of off-roady, a little bit of hide ride height, needs to fit the kids and the whole family Uh-oh. when you want to do some adventure, is the Bronco Sport. Okay. The Ford Bronco Sport. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the more interesting escape. <laughs> the not Honda choice. Yes. Isn't that a funny wild card? Oh so, yes, gosh. I mean, I agree with you, Paul. You could get the Bronco, the actual real Bronco. The, the real Bronco. For yeah. this money, and it yeah. would be better as a daily than a Wrangler. And it's just a base. And for the, for the amount of off-roading yeah. you're going to do, that would be great. I have no issues with the Bronco. I think that's a good choice. It's absolutely every bit as viable a choice as the Wrangler. I would say drive both if you can. But it was funny to kind of follow the progression here and wind up that I think the perfect wild card for you is the Bronco Sport. <laughs> and then it's three Fords in the garage, That's and you could so go to funny. everybody wearing your Honda T-shirt and introduce yourself like, as a Honda guy while they look over your shoulder and like, isn't that all Fords? Wait, don't you have all Fords? See, Tom, I want you to have a vehicle that you have to slam the door three times to get it to shut properly. And then it's That's just... the brat. I understand. Yeah. It's just charming enough that you want to drive it. <laughs> and then once you do drive it, you remember why you don't commute in it. <laughs> <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is a new year with new products from Griot's Garage. First up is the 3-in-1 Wheel, Tire, and Mat Cleaner. This is a non-acidic formula that cuts brake dust and road grime on your OEM wheels, tires, and rubber floor mats. Then there's Water Spot Remover, which removes the above-surface water spots from exterior surfaces. There's Ceramic Metal Polish. It brightens, restores, and protects common metal surfaces, and it leaves a finish like you've never seen. I use some of this stuff on the Z-Exhaust. It's awesome. Then there's their citrus all-purpose cleaner. When Nick was on the podcast the last time, he talked this up. You have gum in the seats. You've got melted crayons. This is the stuff that works on that. It's a concentrated, powerful, non-foaming cleaner for exteriors and interiors alike. And remember that all Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made right here in the USA. And when you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Kevin is writing to us from Houston, and he has a conundrum I haven't feel like I've seen before. He said he's a huge car guy, and we helped him get an S2000 years ago, and he loved it. He had been driving a Pontiac Vibe, which he described as soul-crushing. He got an S2000 after looking for a year, and he just he loved it so much. He drove it for seven years, put 70,000 miles on it. He learned how to drive a manual well in that car, daily drove it, autocrossed it, drove it to Tail of the Dragon from Houston. That was a car he had life and car adventures in, and it was stolen from his apartment in November of 2022. And his insurance payout because of the COVID spike in prices was $6,000 more than he bought it for. So he happily said, you know what? Fantastic S2000 experience. Did everything I ever wanted to do. Got my money and more out of it. S2000 is done. Unbelievable. 
I mean, of all the ways to yes, do it, Kevin, you, you did I, it right. That, you fell into that wormhole for sure. Well, Kevin's got a long commute and a car that's too awesome. It's too <laughs> awesome. What he bought next is too good for him. That's amazing. <laughs> I've never heard this. He replaced it with a 2018 Camaro SS1LE, and he loves it. Living in Houston, it's amazing to have an additional 200 horsepower yeah. with almost the same gas mileage. Mm. His conundrum is the opposite of what he first came to us with. The car is just so awesome. <laughs> Does he keep putting miles on it regardless? He's moved into a house, and he drives 40 miles a day, and he's put 14,000 miles on the car in one year. He knows the Chevy drivetrain is reliable, but he feels guilty using such a cool car to commute in. Is he crazy? What, what makes him really happy is to, to look at it and then be in it to drive. So both. You like yeah. Yeah, yeah. being on the outside. You like being on the inside. Yeah. And his wife likes it too. But something is telling him that he should get something that doesn't have 305 series rear tires and a usable rear seat. So what you're telling us is, this is the crazy thing about this paragraph, and the reason that I'm boggled by it is because you really have told us that you had a car you loved. It got taken from you. You bought another car you like even more. And then you proceed for a paragraph to tell us all the ways it's even more awesome than you thought it would be. And then you cap that with, should I get rid of it? There's no downsides, That's really. True. There's, true. I mean, yes, okay, yeah. you have big old wide tires that I'm sure cost you money when you have to replace. And you're right, you don't have a usable backseat. But in the next paragraph, you say, you guys don't have kids. You might in a year or so. Your minister of finance has already said, don't worry about it because she has a Bronco Sport, which, by the way, I read this after the first email. It was like, Bronco <laughs> like, Sport hey, again. Tom, yeah, exactly. They've got a Bronco Sport. Uh-huh. Ask them about it. But she has a Bronco Sport, and she's like, look, that'll be the family car. Don't worry about it. So you don't even have a need for back seats. So we have a soliloquy here, a huge paragraph about, <laughs> guys, I have the perfect car for me, huh. followed by, should I get rid of it? He asks if he should put an order in for a Civic Type R or an Elantra N. He did drive a DCT-equipped Elantra N for a weekend over Turo, via Turo, and it was one of the best experiences he's ever had in a car. But wait, I thought you liked your too awesome Camaro. Yes, he does. I'm confused. And he liked his S2000 a lot, but the the Elantra N has come in as a curveball as, wow, did I like this too. Yeah. Well, maybe he should sell his motorcycle, which would make him very sad, and buy a used Leaf Volt Prius with the proceeds and keep the Camaro as a weekend toy. He does have that weird side that he's a hypermiler. He likes to play the MPG game. <laughs> I could do this really well, too. Yeah, okay. Wait, but if you keep the Camaro as a weekend toy, will you drive it on the weekends? I See, I don't know. Houston is not known for its fun weekend driving. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Unless you're going out to, what is it, MR Houston, whatever the local track is, or you're finding an autocross, there's not, a, or unless all your, your weekend fun is just, I could put my foot down. There's not a lot of, True. let's find the windy roads in downtown Houston. I mean, outskirts of Houston, there's not a lot of that. you got to go to Austin for the fun. Is Houston part of that Plex no, phenomenon? No, 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 no. That's, not. that's the Dallas Metroplex, Okay, which so, is just north of Syntex. Okay. That's just that area, right? Houston is not part <laughs> of that. Dallas is up high. Phenomenal. Syntex is just south of that. Okay. The Houston metropolitan area is south of that still. So what is the thing in Houston? What is, what is I, I don't the... remember. I'm sorry, but there's there's nothing quite as good as the Metroplex or Syntex in the Houston area, to my knowledge. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Well, if Kevin sells the Camaro, his budget is forty thousand dollars and forty five for me. It's the polymeter. <laughs> I love that this is just settled in now. It's good, yeah. If he sells the motorcycle, and I believe he's implying that he keeps the Camaro, the budget is about ten to twelve thousand dollars. But get this: gas costs him about two hundred and seventy to three hundred dollars per month 
And okay. well, 305 series tires, yeah, it probably goes through tires in the rear. On the other hand, you're having a ball and you said, my car's too awesome. Well, and here's the thing. You're driving 40 miles a day. You've put 14,000 miles on that car in a year. It's not like, look, gas costs you $270, a month. That sucks. But my guess is the most efficient car you'd buy, you might cut that by a third. Maybe. It's not like that $270, a month is going to go down to 100 you're still doing that 40-mile-a-day commute. Mm-hmm. You're still mm-hmm. doing all the life stuff and burning gas. Unless you're going to go straight EV, that gas cost per month is not coming down that far. Some, it's but true. not a ton. It's true. Okay, Kevin, only you can answer the question if you will drive your Camaro on purpose on weekends. If you do, then yes, I've got some options for you. If you say you will and you... So okay, so he's keeping sure. the Camaro, and you're using ten to twelve grand to solve the problem. Is he selling a motorcycle? I believe keeping the Camaro and selling the motorcycle nets him about ten to twelve to spend. Yeah, so okay. that's that's where I started. Okay, all right. With a 2019 Chevy Bolt for twelve thousand dollars in Everett, Washington, with one hundred and forty-two thousand miles. A Bolt, interesting. Do okay. we all care that electric cars have high miles in the future? Excellent point. No, we don't. Do we care? No. I mean, the only thing is, I suppose, the battery life mm-hmm. and the looming battery re- replacement, if if we do. But if you buy it for so cheap, for twelve grand, mm-hmm. and you might be able to get it for less, yeah, it's got high miles, but do we care? 40 miles a day on an electric car that, when it was new, had a 240-mile battery. So yeah, see, it's half of that range. Well, it, it'd probably be about it's, 200, but still, you're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, probably about 200 It'll still left. be fine, yeah. and you drive it every day, and you just commute in that. And by the way, the Bolt is actually pretty fun to drive, Kevin. And you would do your hypermiling thing, but worried about how the battery's doing. Yeah. I see where you went there. There is some logic there, for sure. I went and looked for the cheapest Bolt I could find. That's surprising the that COVID it's down car that far. Market, yes. Yeah. The COVID car market has screwed everything up, uh-huh. but still, I found a 2019 for twelve grand. Huh, okay. And then... I just thought, well, I don't care if it has high miles. I don't care if it has half a million miles because yeah. it just still does its thing. That is the whole one of the whole selling points of electrics in general is there's yeah. so fewer moving parts and so many fewer things to replace. The battery is one for sure that, okay, they theoretically, 100,000 miles, who cares? I mean, this would feed both parts of your personality. Yeah, I see it. Hypermile, you'd worry about the battery, but then you'd ignore that and just enjoy it and commute. <laughs> Okay. And then Saturday morning comes, or even Friday afternoon, and the Camaro has to come out of the garage. I see it. All right. have yeah. to make plans like yeah. with that car. You could also not do an EV and go for something like a Honda CRZ. I, I, I just thought, mm. what is something you have to like thrash to get any power out of? Mm. But yet, it still give you a good, good well, MPG, but, and you could feed your hypermiling disease. Well, but the CRZ also has, you can get it with a six-speed manual that would remind him of his S2000. I hadn't that's thought of that, true. but that's really good. It's like the Hypermile S2000. It's the Prius and uh, the S2000 had a kid, is what that car yeah. is. That's interesting. And those are dirt cheap. They're very cheap, and they're Sell excellent bike, to drive. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't hear you wanting to commute on your bike. No. I don't hear any noises yeah. about that. So the bike must be the weekend fun right now. But anyway, onward. I suppose yeah. so. But then my third option is a BMW Z4, like the one you had, Todd. Oh, interesting. It's fun to go thrash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cheap enough. Who cares? Something breaks. Well, you still can drive your Camaro. But then if you do decide, you know what? I've had my fun moving on to a new experience, and we have all the $45,000 to spend. Okay. Any Cayman for forty-five grand. Any Cayman. True. Commute. It's a great place to be, fun to drive. I mean, it's not fun on freeways. Many cars aren't and just yeah. straight boring yeah, freeways. Yeah. But still, you're in a Cayman, 
and it adds a level of just fun overall, just a layer over the yeah. top. And then maybe you'll take it on a road trip and maybe you guys will go seek on road, you know, some roads. Yeah. And- no back seats at all, but you've already said you don't need. Exactly. Them. Yeah. So any Cayman, I mean, maybe Boxster, but you'll probably leave the top up anyway. So go get a Cayman. Yeah. Okay. I, this is interesting, Kevin, because Paul and I did not think about this the same way. I'm going to go here real quick and say, if you did sell the, the Camaro and I'm going to cir- circle back around, if you did sell the Camaro and you were considering the Elantra in great switch, Please drive the Civic Si. Yeah, yeah. Please drive that car. I like how we're because... offering Hondas to everybody else but Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you did offer him Hondas, but still. But, but yeah, so please drive the Civic Si because it's excellent, and you wouldn't spend your full forty-five thousand. But I, I'm really going to circle back around to this Camaro that you love so much. I think Paul's given you great options. I, I like the Bolt. The CRZ is a stroke of genius. That one's really, really good. Go find a cheap one and just thrash it. Yes, that, that'd be fantastic. It'll be fine. For, for what you're needing, it'd be really, really good. I think you thoroughly And then you'll car. come home and you're like, I need to cleanse myself. I'm taking the Camaro out. The V8 is going out now. But, but, <laughs> yes. but, but you know what? The CRZ, you compare it to something like a Prius or a Leaf. It's a revelation in driving. Yeah, I'd take the CRZ. Yeah. So, I mean, and even the Volt is viable, but the CRZ is really good there. I hadn't hadn't gone there, and I think you really found something there. So, Kevin, maybe that's your answer. But I, I want to land right back on this discussion of your Camaro. Mm. You have a 2018 Camaro SS 1LE, which could be argued as the spec for that car. It's awesome. You love it. You have a whole paragraph about how much you love it, and then you tell me you drive 14,000 miles a year on the car. Yeah, he, he started to write poetry about his yes, car in here. Yes, for sure, like, wow. for sure. You like everything about it. Bi- and, and big horsepower cars that have a lot of power to go in a straight line, that is perfect for Houston. We've, we've had <laughs> discussions sense. before about this is where Hellcats make sense. I mean, that kind of long, straight Texas highway is where the big muscle cars make sense. You're essentially saying, I, I, without actually saying it, you feel guilty about using this car and putting miles on it. Now, I want to say two things at once. The 2018 Camaro SS 1LE is a very cool car. It is also not a unique car. They made a lot of those. True. It's not special edition. It's not going to go up in value. It is a workaday, excellent sports car, muscle car. Okay. You put 14,000 miles a year on it for five or six years. And my response to that is, and? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's never going up in value. Its purpose is to be driven. You love it. No part of you is done with this car. Nothing in your email. We get plenty of emails. People are like, true. I really like my car, but I'm thinking about something else. You don't like your car as much as you think. You've already, you've said it before, Paul. It's like the fact that they're writing that email is they're already moving on. <laughs> that's a tacit admission. But, but that's not Kevin. Kevin is saying, I love this true. car. This car yeah. is perfect for me. And then he's going, should I feel bad about all the miles? And I'm like, that's its purpose. It's a Chevy V8. It's true. It's a Camaro, and they made a ton of them. I don't even know how many went off the line that year, but I'll tell you what I know it was. A lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so it's, it's exactly. drive it. Keep driving it. Drive it until you really get to a place where you're like, I am ready to move on. Because this email is not, I'm ready to move on. This email is, should I? Should I feel bad? Should I feel guilty and I should move on? <laughs> no. Drive your Camaro until pieces start falling off or you go, you know what, honey? I'm really done now. Because you're not done. I like so, that a lot. My big thing to you, Kevin, is, and I'm getting hot, because my big thing to you is just burn gas, use tires. It's a Camaro that you love. It's true. And when you're really done, move on. But right now you're like, I'm going to save it as a weekend car. For what fun road? What you need is the middle of I-10 through Houston and put your foot in it. 
Yeah. That's what it's for, yeah. man. So 14,000 miles a year on your Camaro for the next three or four years is just like, I had a good time. Kevin, when I visited my dad on Alaska one time in a harbor, we saw a really nice fishing boat. And I forget the name of the boat, but it doesn't matter because on the sides, they had painted burn diesel and kill fish. I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> That is very there Alaska thinking. You, you go. You got it. Yes. Yep. And that's what they use the boat for. It's perfectly clean, brand new, beautiful. It's like burn diesel and kill fish. Yeah, <laughs> let's go do that. Burn okay. gas and burn so tires. Got it. Your like Camaro it. might be the equivalent of that. I like it. Like drive through Houston fast and burn gas. Or I, I don't know. I, Kevin, I have rarely had an email that I have read and I'm like, your entire email is, I love my car too much. Should I drive it? And my answer is Yes. <laughs> Every so often, we get an email occasionally asking us a question, and Ryan R. asks, how do you know if a car needs stuff? Mm. He's been doing some drive homework lately and thought to himself on a couple of higher mileage examples of cars, how do you know if the suspension or steering or something on it needs Mm. refreshed or fixed if you don't have a frame of reference how it felt from new, from the factory. Ah, okay, all right, all right. I do see your point because you don't have a benchmark of mm-hmm. here's mm-hmm. how this feels new, yeah. now you're buying a used. Sure, there's some cars that actually stay fresh feeling for a long time. We've driven yeah, some yeah. high miles examples. That Focus RS was a great example. It was a yes. 2016 RS yes. in our GR Corolla film. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that, that is on our original YouTube channel. Yeah, it is. We had the Kona N as the third comparison vehicle, but we got a used Focus RS locally, had 103,000 miles on it, yep. and Todd and I, we were aghast. Like, this thing drives brand new. Yeah. And it's been actually autocrossed and driven yeah, hard yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So not every car feels like, but ultimately what you want is a knowledgeable mechanic, mm-hmm. a good relationship with your mechanic mm-hmm. and the ability to take it to them and say, okay, what does this need? If I were to really seriously consider this car in your pre-purchase yeah, yeah. inspection, we have joked about doing it constantly. And then we've gone and bought cars without it. <laughs> sure. But I'll just say that BMW Z4 that you had for yeah, yeah, just yeah. over a year, mm-hmm. Elements of it felt fresh. The seats did not. The shifter yeah. didn't. The, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the knob itself. Yeah, yeah for but sure. The, the action still felt pretty good. Yeah. So you can tell, you always, this is where the history will come into play. Mm-hmm. And is it just commute miles? Okay, so this thing was just left in fifth gear for most of its life. <laughs> so that means the synchros on one through four probably still feel pretty fresh. Yeah. Okay, good. And I'm kind of looking for that. Or mm. this thing was a taxi cab. <laughs> And, you know, it was a lift vehicle and it was just driven city driving and mm-hmm. hard miles. And okay, I can, you know, the entire front cowl shakes when I hit the smallest of bumps. <laughs> Something might be loose. Uh, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound <laughs> inexpensive. Yeah, I got it. But ultimately, it comes down to your pre-purchase inspection. Ryan, I'm going to add one quick thing here and I'm going to say this. You're right. It's impossible to know for sure what it was like factory fresh. But if here, think about this. If you're driving, let's just say 120,000 mile whatever. And you like how it drives right now? Imagine how much you'll like it when it's refreshed. Oh, if you get new uh, shocks yes. or something like that, brakes. So back to yeah, Paul's yeah. Uh, mechanic discussion. You go in. If you, you're driving a car over 100,000 miles, it probably needs shocks. It probably does. Probably, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm certain that tie rods and suspension stuff and maybe bushing stuff could be tightened. How, much, how far do you want to go? I don't know. You could go crazy, like, let's do it all. Mm-hmm. Or you could do bits and pieces. But I almost guarantee you shocks are going to be needed. It probably needs new tires. It may need new brakes. Mm-hmm. Stuff just wears out. Do the wear items on a car. But if you're, if you're driving... Doing drive homework, and in the drive homework, you like it right now. Hmm. 
Do you know what it drove like from the factory? No. But you know what it's going to drive like when you do stuff? Better. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> it's true. That's very true. Aaron Romer says, best family sedan, $30,000 budget, Civic. Civic touring sport? Yeah. I mean, you can go, look, you can go the, the actual step you're thinking, which is the Ultima scale with the Camry and the Accord. and that. Oh, yeah. You can go yeah, that yeah. size. But the Civic's gotten so good, is so inexpensive, and is so large that I think it might be Civic now. Nope, we're wrong. It's whatever Phaeton that costs $30,000 <laughs> now. That is the best <laughs> okay. family or, sedan. All right, used, used uh, Genesis G70 is a real viable I like option. that, too. That's yeah, a good yeah, one, yeah. too. Used Alfa Romeo, if we're talking fun. But I'm thinking if somebody had $30,000 in their shop trying to shop new or close to new, the Civic's hard to beat. Waleed Z says, how do you confess to your enthusiast car friends that you want to buy an EV? Do you just pretend that your wife is the one who wanted it? <laughs> yes. Pass the blame. Yes. <laughs> just blame everybody else for your... By the way, Waleed, we've met you. You've come on our, on our yes, Utah Adventures, and it's cool to hear from you. But I'm going to say this to you because I know you're smarter than this. Never blame the wife. <laughs> Never blame the wife. No, no, no. Look, it depends on the EV. I mean, there's some EVs that I think you buy and people will cheer you and be like, great. Yeah. You've joined the revolution. You've joined us or whatever. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, I guess I like it. Sure. Or you're like, this is the best thing ever. Many people who aren't really car enthusiasts discover EVs and suddenly they're car enthusiasts. Well, they're EV enthusiasts, but yes. But they're more EV enthusiasts just because of acceleration. And yes, we're still selling electric cars by virtue of acceleration. Uh How hard they pin you in the seat. Yes, that means we're drag racing EVs to sell them to you. Can we? This is endlessly stupid. Is there going to be a place at which the drag races are are dumb now? Can can we reach that place? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. You're right. Nevertheless, if you like it and you want it, your enthusiast friends, maybe they'll give you a hard time. But ultimately, you know what? This is your choice. This is your deal. Yeah. I think they'll respect you. I would like to think so. Yeah. As an optimist over here. That just, your question tells me that true enthusiast EVs aren't out there yet. And you're right. True. That is true. Driver's that cars is the problem. that are EVs. I mean, the purity of uh-huh. what we all love about sports cars and driving, it doesn't exist yet. So you're having to justify it in some way. Like, yeah. I guess my dog needed space or something. Well, but, well and, and I'm building on your point here, Paul. Well, Ed, I'm going to say this to you. I, I'm a guy that I really don't care about my propulsion system. I I drive a four cylinder doesn't sound that great Lotus Elise. But now if it it's drives gas. great, whatever that car yeah. is, then you'll love if, it. If right? somebody would like to bring me a fantastic driving similar weight to the current one, Miata that's an EV, I would say yes please. Sure. Yes. Okay. Or so, Cayman. It, it, whatever. Bring the EV, so, EV so Cayman. Sure. Where to to what you're saying, Paul, where are the fun EVs? They're not here yet. It's mostly SUV thinking. Mm-hmm. But there isn't anything fundamentally wrong with with an EV, nor is there anything about an EV that says, oh, you're not really a car person. Not at all. To what you yeah. said before. Now, I think there are a lot of people that are becoming car people because they're becoming interested in EVs and they never look in any other car. I'm not sure those are car people. Okay. Okay. They, they yeah. like EVs. And there's nothing wrong with EVs. They just like EVs. They don't. They never. I've never liked cars, but I like EVs. I'm not sure still you like cars. Yeah, you know? sure, sure. But but I think it, the the other way is very possible. You like cars and you want an EV. All right. Kirk M asks our comments on the Volvo EX90 design or otherwise. How do we like their new materials? It's like somebody at the uh, your favorite restaurant coming over after your food is served and asking you how are the flavors. <laughs> what? <Sure. laughs> 
I got asked that once at a restaurant in Las Vegas, and it's our eternal joke. Mm-hmm. Whenever we sit down to eat. It's actually best if you do it at a really low-end place. That's, that's what the joke <laughs> said better. is best. Because this was Table 10 restaurant in the Palazzo, and we got served food. And I was you were there friends. on a work trip, right? Yeah. It was a work trip Yeah, back in my Autodesk days, and we were sitting there, and the server came over and said, how are the flavors, gentlemen? I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> The food tastes good. I, yeah, I guess we're good. So I like your question. What I don't like about it is that it is an iPad stuck in the dash, and mm. I think Volvo can do better than that. Mm. Todd showing it to you now. It's that is, that simply, is not even trying to be anything but an iPad stuck in the dash. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. too close to what Tesla has really locked onto as their thing. And mm. that's Tesla's thing. Great. We'll let it be their thing. But Volvo, I... I know you can do better. You have done better by Mm. all the cars you sell right now. The surfaces are all very stern and Mm. college professor-like. Like, Like, I know everything. (laughs) Came in wearing tweed. Yes. You got it. Got the patches on the elbow. Exactly right. very focused. I mean, Volvo always had that kind of... It's funny. I take your point. Yeah, sort of uh, feel to it. The surfaces are very sophisticated, classy, suave. But nothing about it says fun. Where's the fun? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want fun. I want coolness. I, I do appreciate the materials. It does feel like a furniture studio in there. It's awesome. <laughs> but then the iPad dead center, the oversized iPad. I'm not feeling this from a design standpoint. It's too clinical. It's too cold. The materials warm it up a bit, but I wish for more. I wish for more surface breakup. I wish for more interaction where I feel like... I'm not just, it looks like I could unhook that iPad. I could pull it out of its slot. Take it with you. Take it with me and control the car from it, from afar. (laughs) It looks like the control and my interaction with the car are divorced from one another. Oh, interesting. I want to feel like I'm going to do stuff with the car. Okay. I, I see that. Mr. Singleton's writing in on Facebook and saying, he and his wife, like the new Supra, talk us off the ledge. Why? <laughs> no, we're here to push you no, off no, the ledge. Yeah, you're aware of the podcast you wrote to, right? <laughs> Why am I going to talk you out of it? Let, let, let me put it to you another way. If you both like the Supra, you haven't told us two liter or three liter. If you both like the Supra, it's a car that you enjoy. If you have the means to get the Supra, why not for a little while? Mm. You, I mean, mm. sometimes we talk about this on the podcast, the... We think of cars as they're all long-term purchases. They don't have to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They can be far more like, I just want to try that, than we think a lot of times. If you're willing to pay you know, tax, title, license, and all that kind of stuff, obviously money's getting harder to get right now financing-wise. But if you guys could get a Supra, why not get a Supra for a bit? I, here's the only talk you off a ledge part I'll do. Get a used one. Yeah, okay. okay. Get yourself a yeah. couple-year-old. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking at one of the ones, just get a couple-year-old and save yourself a little bit of cash, but there's no reason to not give it a try. We've got an airplane question from Stale Bakken asking how we feel about the discontinuation of the Boeing 747. Hmm. How do you feel? <laughs> Betrayed. No. <laughs> Betrayed. <laughs> yeah, but, but here's a thought I had. You know what is still in the fleet? You're, we have to buy them used from now on. Yeah, exactly. It. We all have, we're sorry. <laughs> the used market for the 747 is going to be good because they're like Honda S2000s. They didn't make enough and people really <laughs> want them. Now, I mean, look, this is, isn't this the definitive passenger carrying aircraft? I mean, it, Absolutely. it's been around forever. It's gorgeous. It's been in they're all great. kinds of, you see one right now and it looks modern, but you know what I want to equate it to? The U.S. military is still using the B-52. That's an airplane from Korea. 
You're right. That's an airplane from the Korean War. That's a 1950s airplane, and it is currently shows up in, let us show you the fleet, those big U.S. Air Force That's true. glossy photos of let me show you the fleet. I'm like, isn't that a B-52 in the middle? <laughs> That's true. Isn't that an ancient aircraft? They're Scavenging still boneyards. Why? Because it works. It's a big, monster, reliable. It's, it's the Ford Crown Victoria of aircraft. It just Ooh. works. Ooh, the Crown Vic started to get all loosey goosey from the how many they made. The tooling got but all, but because worn cops out everywhere had them for twenty years. And taxis in so, New York. So, yeah. my point here is the seven forty seven is going away, but I think it's really only going away because it's not efficient enough from a gas perspective because mm-hmm. it's old school. But is there a replacement? There isn't. There isn't anything that's really yeah. waiting in the wings, pardon the pun, to replace that plane. And so that is a bummer. And it has been the definitive aircraft. Look, this thing has outlived the Concorde. It's outlived it's true. the, what was it, the A380, the huge boy? Yes. That came and kind of went the, because it was too Airbus. expensive and not as, not as good as people that's hoped it would production. be. There's been three or four, like, this is this is the better version of what the 747 did that have come and gone. And yeah, the 747 right. continues to do the big better. Now, what, what flights are, fleets are going to do is they're going to do smaller aircraft, more flights. I get it. Is that, somebody can do the math, is that like combustion or, I mean, consumption-wise, more efficient than just throwing a bunch of us on a 747 that's been retrofitted and is awesome? I don't mm. know. I'm a bit bummed. Should we apply this to a Topic Tuesday for cars sometime? Like, you know, what what is irreplaceable and... Here's Nissan coming back to the late 70s, early 80s for their future concepts. No, it's not. <laughs> the future was 50 years ago. Correct. The B-52 and the 747, they're go. coming in hot. I like it. Well, he also asks for my best pilot joke. So here it is. When you push forward on the yoke, the houses get bigger. When you pull back on the yoke, the houses get smaller. But if you keep pulling back on the yoke, the houses start to get bigger again. <laughs> <laughs> that is really, really very good. Ryan Schultz on Twitter is saying, as a longtime proud owner of a versatile Honda Odyssey minivan, he's getting ready to downsize. So he can get a little bit smaller than the minivan. He doesn't need that much space anymore. He wants to do fun trips. But what do you do if you like minivan doors? Oh. He said, what can we do? Now, he said, "Are there is there anything out there with sliding doors other than now minivan really owns that market and there isn't anything else and I agree with you. I will quote the old movie Mr. And Mrs. Smith, those doors are handy. Doors are so handy. there really is nothing like that. There was in the in in the UK in the early 2000s they sold a variant of the Honda Fit. I believe they called it the Jazz and it had sliding doors and it was Ooh. Honda Fit sized. But other than that, the only other thing I can think of was the what was it the Mazda was it the early CX-5 or was it the Mazda 5? What it, no, Mazda it was the Mazda 5. 5. That yeah, was yeah, their, yeah. their mini minivan. It had sliding doors. Yeah. And it was smaller, so you could go with one of those. Now, those had some uh, – I, I remember people that I knew had them in that era of three, uh, Mazda 3 as well. They Sometimes some engine mounts would wear out. But if you solve that problem, the Mazda 5 is the only one domestically I can think of that is not full minivan size and still has the sliding doors. And I think that only had one, actually. <laughs> it's true. We're going to have to redo every conversation we've ever had. (laughs) Great movie. Guys, thank you for all your questions. We will leave it there for now and look forward to next time. As always, we've got uh, what is today's release? We just released the Cadillac Escalade V test drive. Yep. So more verbally exhaust fun. Yes. And next week we have an update on our GR86. We want to tell you guys what's going on with that. And the South trip is in edit and it's very, very fun. Looking forward to next time as always. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) 